Another public service announcement from Real Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Watch it. We'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. This is like what what would it, it would sound like if this was a um, like a, a klezmer version of this song, like you know, Hello, circle, circus. No, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Got like a little monkey dancing around. <laughs> yeah, but kind of like an evil fucking dark overtone to it, you know. Tell me that scene was not whack. Pink elephants flying around. Yeah, and some funky jester-like person. How you feeling today? Is my mic loud enough, or am I just deaf? Yeah, I think you're good. I am really. Yeah, I am. Maybe, maybe not speaking wholeheartedly today. Oh, I see. Is that better? That's better. I Hello, think. got my radio voice. Good evening. Welcome to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Come to you from a secret location outside your universe. With your mother bugaboo, schlang and hang and schlangy, Benson. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the ravings of a clown on Just the Radio. Just returned from the Yukon. Yukon ho! Am I, uh, am I like, getting a little clippy? Am I too loud? No. Do, uh, does Sounds it sound fine. like I'm clipping at all? No. Hey, sound good to me. Welcome back, by the way. Thank you very much, Yukon ho. I'll tell you one thing I learned on my trip to the Yukon, Lord. And that is when the dogs are stopped, don't uh, yell ho. Because oh. <laughs> I just, I was mushing across a frozen lake, as I'm wont to do. And I had the mushing dogs ahead of me and finally had them tied off. They can only go for, you know, a couple of miles before they get pooped out. So we, we uh, tied them off, but they're constantly pulling and yanking at the strain. And there's this break in the back of the sled, and behind that there's another break, and then there's a hook that you hook into the ice to stop them even further because they just don't st- ever stop pulling. They just hey. don't know how to stop pulling. Crazy dogs. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> and uh, so at one point we were stopped, and I just yelled, Yukon Ho! Because I had been screaming that for about three days nonstop. And um, 
So the hook was still anchored. So the, and the dogs, dogs took off. No, the hook wasn't anchored at the time. <laughs> they got a few feet, and some guy jumped onto the back of the sled, you know, and stopped them. It was a run. It was a runaway train. It was a runaway sled. So I went up to the Yukon with the Jeff. Just got back, and boy, are my arms tired. And we did some cool shit. We saw mainly the coolest thing. We, we met some very cool people. We stayed at a very cool inn in the Yukon Territory in a place called Whitehorse at a place called the Inn on the Lake. And it was just the most magnificent little inn out in the middle of nowhere with this lake frozen over like 30 inches. We walked out like almost across the whole lake. It was like three miles across. And it was just so fucking unbelievably gorgeous. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, we went outside, laid with our backs on the fucking lake. Minus, minus 60 degrees, so we were... Nuts. Fucking bundled up, man, like in spacesuits, man. These fucking Arctic parkas and linings under linings under everything. Any we, kind of mask? I believe anything? me, man. Yeah, nose, face, eyes, ears, nose, everything. Everything. Double, triple. <laughs> they fucking outfitted you, man, with boots and fucking pants and everything. They gave you, like, the professional shit when you get there. I mean, they know you're coming from, like, Florida or whatever. You know, you're not going to have the shit. They're going to be like... Making sure everybody's taken care of. Yeah, they really did. You look like a Yukon Michelin tire man. You really do. You look like a Michelin man, only in orange. And we're fucking laying out with our backs on the fucking lake at 2 o'clock in the morning, okay? Watching the Aurora Borealis. Fucking lightning fire in the sky. It was beyond belief. I actually thought to myself... It was like a transcendental experience in a way. And I thought to myself, man, this is where I want to fucking be when I die. You know, I always tell that joke. Whenever people talk about, like, what a way to die, I have this, you know me, I have this sort of, um, you know, sort of Tourette syndrome, <laughs> that Jeff calls it, where every time somebody says something that reminds me of a joke, I have to say the joke. <laughs> and there's always the joke I say about my grandfather. You know which one I'm talking about when someone says he no. died? Some way or another, I go, yeah, well, I always, you know, I I would like to go peacefully in my sleep when it's my turn to die, like my grandfather did. Not screaming in terror like his passengers were. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh, you're something else. So anyway, um, we met some great folks and... um, we met a uh, very lovely couple from Canada who uh, turned us on to some uh, amazing can- Canadian herb. And uh, we were very much appreciated Canada. for that. Yeah, you know, that Canadian herb, it's like the Canadian beer. You know, it's like got something special extra in it. kick. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on up there. Downgrading down here. I don't man. know what they're doing up there. <laughs> they're doing something right. Well, we got the Walmart thing going here. Yeah, but they got the herb. You know. Number one uh, let's export. Let's produce it in uh, Vancouver. Let's make it cheap so we can sell it. And yeah. <laughs> the Walmart concept. And tax it. Imagine the billions of dollars that would be earned by the government. They send out coupons. They'd have coupons. Half an ounce, you know, get a quarter ounce of fucking Northern Lights for free. And by the way, you know why they call that Northern Lights. So we did everything. We took a sleigh ride through the fucking woods along the edge of a fucking cliff. It was unreal, like in the 10-foot snow. Horse-drawn sled ride. We fucking went tubing down like a mountain. We went, we went and cooked hot dogs on a fucking like big open pit 
out in the fucking snow. It was insane, man. We had the times of our lives in the Yukon. Yukon Ho. I could not stop fucking screaming <laughs> Yukon Ho everywhere I went. They looked at me. <laughs> it was, was really, it was scary, man. That was going and we got butts. to mush. We got to mush. And we took the fucking snowmobiles out. We got lost in the woods for like four hours. It was insane. <laughs> we were fucking having the times of our lives, man. And uh, what else did we do? Oh, and they had at night, they had this fucking chick who made these gourmet dinners that were not to be believed when I tell you like four-star dinners that were every night, including like some amazing dessert. Everybody was out of their noodle. And there was like, I think, 20 or 30 people at this inn. And there's, you know, half of the people were from Japan. But the other half were, you know, also very cool. And the Japanese, you know, struggled to communicate. And we just had a blast. Did you meet any cool Japanese people? We def definitely met a bunch of cool Japanese folks. Did they seem like all uptight or like. N you know? not, no, they were mostly young Japanese folks, but some were. Um, some were older, like middle-aged or maybe their 50s, and they were just wonderful folks. They were a blast. They all tried to, you know, say hi and mingle in and so on. Most of them didn't speak very good English. Not like my goodness of Englishness. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, I just screamed loudly and slowly at them, and they nodded politely. So... Uh, any uh, Japanese herb? No, of course, in Japan. Yeah, I've never smoked herb in Japan in all the years I was traveling there. But the laws in Japan are, like, insane. If you get caught, you go to jail, like, with two joints, you know, for 10 years. Oh, and shit. Japanese prison, I shit you not, Japanese prisons, man, are fucking scary places to be. Ay, ay, ay. So, yeah. But we just had the fucking most amazing uh, time. And I've been speculating, as I am also want to do. And that's pretty much my quota for using the word want. Um, for the evening, anyway. <laughs> and I got to speculating about this concept of how folks have come to rely on each other. You know, we're um, only really made up of five basic instincts. And one is to procreate, and one is to survive, and so on. And the fifth instinct, they say, is social animal. Because you have a strong desire built in, just like you're born with the desire to suck, and, you know, it's built in. It's not something you ever think about. It's just an instinct. And we have this fierce instinct to socialize with each other. We're very reliant on each other. The fact is the human race could never have existed if we didn't exist in groups, in packs, in tribes, in clans. So that's where that comes from. Even the most ancient of man millions of years ago lived in these extended families of like 20, 30, 50, 60 people, these clans. And that's how we survived. We could never fucking, one human could never trap a fucking wild uh, wildebeest took fucking a dozen of them working in cooperation it's a lot of incest going on there and you got <laughs> and you got some you know 
your just mind goes right to the sex, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. You're thinking ancient it man. Does. You're thinking they're running around naked, <laughs> wearing fucking the barrel of nothing but first. You're thinking they're boning each other up the fucking ass morning. And of course, you're absolutely right. They, <laughs> they didn't had to. They didn't have any. How did kind. we get here? <laughs> That's true. However, the truth is that although the gene pool was rather small, as you point out. It did flourish over the millennia when there was different clan members interbred with other clans. What told them that it wasn't okay not you to? Know, that's an amazing thing. And, of course, the answer is natural selection. Yeah. The families that did interbreed more often died out because that branch failed. That's Darwinism, the survival of the fattest. I mean, fittest. You're safe. I'm not. I'm working there. So don't ask me why I was speculating about this because that's part of my secret that I'm not ready to reveal. But I've been thinking about this whole concept of how we're so interreliant on each other and how we're so fiercely de- interdependent and how this type of instinct has manifested itself in today's um society the way we work today you know this interdependency may have worked you know hundreds of millions of years ago in groups of 20 or 60 but we live together now in groups of hundreds thousands and millions many people live in large cities where they're packed in with millions of other people every day and certainly we're not built for that and I, when i say built for that all you uh you know scientists don't panic you know what I mean? I mean, we haven't evolved to this form of society. We're still basically the same physically, uh, you know, and brain power wise, the same way we were a quarter of a million years ago. We haven't changed much. And a quarter of a million years ago, we were sleeping with our heads on rocks. And we're basically built the same way as we were then. So we may not have evolved to be optimized for city living, if you know what I mean. And that may affect how these instincts manifest themselves now. And we live mostly alone. You know, our bodies, our psyches, our minds are really built so that we'd be spend almost all our time with other people. And many of us live, <clears throat> if not alone, but in small groups and um, they just see the same people every day. Many of the people they don't like, you know, like their bosses or their coworkers. And they're forced to fucking, you know work and live with these people and then they go home sometimes they you know have small families or they live alone a lot of folks live with just their partner or just themselves Hmm. and we spend a lot of our time um you know when we have this desire this loneliness this craving to be with other people We have this amazing ability to reach out to other people. We throw rocks at each other's windows and we call each other on the phone and we IM each other and we text message each other and we reach and reach and reach out constantly to each other. It almost seems unending our capacity for trying to communicate to each other. I remember at one point uh, talking to somebody about computers a few years back and he was saying, oh, you could, you know, IM and uh, email and uh, go on the chat boards, you know. And I said, well, you know, and you can do this other stuff on the Internet. And he goes, well, that's got nothing to do with chatting. 
<laughs> and I said, yeah, but, you know, the internet, you could do other shit besides chatting. And he's like, that's not, 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 not for me. That's all I fucking want out of it. <laughs> to him, the computer was just this big fucking chat machine that he can communicate with other people all the time. You know, we have this great tradition of talking to strangers. If you, talk, if you look back at the old ham radio days and then CB, uh, you know, these people just picking up a microphone and talking to fucking strangers just to talk, just to reach out to fucking people, other people somewhere else. This incredible thing we have that we're constantly reaching out and... Uh, And what is it we're reaching out for? I mean, you know, we're, we want people to like us. We want people to hold us in high esteem. We want people to, to rescue us. Please don't touch that dial. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe.
I want your tender charm. Hey, you tuned into the ravings of a clune on Jester Radio this Tuesday, March the what is it? Twenty first, the year of our Lord two thousand and six. Hanging behind the glass with Lord of Sin. Howdy, Lord. Good evening, folks. How you doing, bud? Oh, I got two words for you. Not guilty. Not guilty. guilty. Just fucking slaked off the arm of the law by inches, by millimeters. That's right. That was a very, They very came close. after you. They locked you up hand and foot. They made up all kinds of trumped-up bullshit fucking invented charges against you. And why? What's the real reason? Because <laughs> you will speak your mind. Isn't that why? Oh, yeah. You know, they got to pick on somebody. You're, right? a, you're just a goat. <laughs> goat. <laughs> you're just a fucking scapegoat. And what happened? The government's case fell apart like like fucking six-month-old cream cheese, didn't it? Melted like butter. Yeah, yeah, this. He had her. My my uh, lawyer had her going today. I th- I, you know, I, I thought she was gonna drop down on her knees and start crying or something. She got hit bad. She didn't see it coming. She was. This was an important case. Very important. for them to win against the Lord of Sin. Then they would have basically staked their claim. Yep. They wanted to stick it to me, too. They had it going for me. And you basically slunk out by some kind of technicality, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Technicality of the issues. Was yeah. a, based on a location. Of because where technically it speaking, and... you were in violation of the law of man. I did. Not necessarily the law of goad, <laughs> but definitely the law of man. The law of man, yes. Well, that's correct. Well, I did. I'm glad you got off. I must say, I've evaluated your crime in my, you know, scale of judgment mm-hmm. and weighed it against my own particular ethics, and I'm perfectly fine with everything. Okay. So, you didn't kill anybody, you didn't rape anybody, you didn't steal anything, you created no fucking harm to yourself or to society whatsoever. And uh, it was a inhumanity against justice. Yep. Which is not yeah. even really English when you think about it. <laughs> In this uh, particular county, I don't know, I think they got something against me. I'm going to have to pull the uh, 42 U.S.C. You're an enemy of the state, there's no doubt about <laughs> That's it. That's right. The you're, the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the Emmanuel Goldstein. Of the county. And pretty soon I'm going to start calling myself the untouchable. <laughs> Is that a movie with Kevin Spacey? I saw a... So, um, did you sure. see... Did you check the newsstand down the block, by the way, this evening? There was a time... The new Time magazine came out. Did you see the cover story on that? I did not. Two words. Not guilty. Not guilty. <laughs> it's like that sign I saw on the road. <laughs> I know. I know. We stuck it to the system this time. That's all. We got him. Hey, you tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Tuesday, March the 21st, the year of our Lord, 2006. It's your old pal, the Jester, hanging with S. Poe in the Jester Radio chat room, inviting you to stop on by if you have a pair. Lord of Sin behind the glass, Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that the request lines are officially open, and this evening we've been talking about this fucking weird-ass deal we have where we look to each other, we have this great 
social instinct to hang with each other, and it's over the years become distorted. You know, they have support groups now for people who are codependent. Have you, you know, you've heard this term. Sign me up. What does codependency mean? It means let's look at the word. <laughs> let's look <laughs> at the word. It's very simple. Co means two, right? And dependence means dependence, right? <laughs> okay, so it means two people who are dependent on each other. So they say that like it's a bad thing. Right. Isn't that the way we're designed to be dependent on each other? Isn't that why we keep hooking up with each other? Absolutely. I mean, we've only been doing it for the past, you know, a few thousand years with priests and rabbis and and uh, justices of the peace, but we've been hooking up obviously for millions and millions of years. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking on the radio <laughs> if we hadn't been. So we've been doing just fine at that. That is the one d good thing. You know, that's also one of our instincts is sex. It's, it's a fucking one of the best, man. It's the fucking best. You know, people talk about like, you know, oh, if I lose my leg, you know, fucking, you know, pull the plug or whatever, you know, or kill me if I can't fucking, you know, see. All that shit is bullshit to me. I don't care if I go blind, <laughs> deaf and dumb and lose all my arms and legs, man, as long as my fucking dick still works. <laughs> Because when that stops fucking working, man, I tell you the truth. I think about that all the time. When and if my dick stops working, I'm going to really think about what the fuck am I getting up in the morning for? Because I feel the same way. I mean, I can't even imagine what, thinking of I'm going to have, I'm going to get up today and not have some involvement with my dick. It's just not a day without my dick. Period. Yeah, I have a problem with that. Yeah, we go way back. <laughs> He's my buddy. <laughs> you know. He looks out for me. If anything, I'm codependent on my dick. <laughs> and yet, w people talk about it like it's a bad thing all the time. Did all this interdependency of people. But obviously, this is something that's really ancient in humans. That we are dependent on each other, but... Now, because of some shit that, you know, the way we've, we've recreated at society when our bodies and our minds really haven't had time to catch up, evolutionarily speaking, we have this kind of, kind of weird thing. You get these people who stalk people because they kind of need them like a little too much. And you get these people who think that all their problems will be solved by hooking up with the other person. And they create like this whole fantasy world women. about that. Women are really bad about that. And we're all bad about that, not just women. You think so? I think guys as much as girls. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. I think everybody needs somebody to stand by them. Melissa Etheridge and Stevie Nicks. On Jester Radio. Don't touch that dial. Alone, so long. 
knife. But I'm twisted and turned and broken down. And I'm starting to know the sound of nothing and no one. And yet, everything. Well, if God is here tonight, are you here tonight? Maybe you could grab me up, Lord, stand me on my feet. Give me strength and set me free, because I'm not giving in until I've had enough. Won't somebody stand by me, stand by me just one time? I don't understand. It's slipping through these hands. You'd think I'd know by now. I'd know when to let go. So here I am, and I'm throwing down my one last hope. Here I am. Won't somebody stand by me? Stevie Nicks and Melissa Etheridge on Jester Radio. So strong is that desire for another human being to stand by them. I was watching City Slickers 2 the other day <laughs> with The Lord of Sin, and there was this scene where the, the, he convinced this guy to suck his ass because he was, he thought he was bitten by a rattlesnake. He was just about to do it. He realized it was a cactus thorn stuck up his ass. But he started crying hysterically, and he said, Dude, you would have done it for me. You were going to save my life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, it was a very funny scene, but, you know, this idea that somebody would stand by you, would save your fucking life, would lay down your life for them, holy shit. It just seems to be the most primal fucking desire that man has to be able to fucking relax and be dependent on somebody else. Somebody else that'll fucking save them, that'll rescue them, that'll stand by them, that'll make it all all right, that won't be scared. That'll suck poison out of your ass. That'll suck poison out of your ass. Because that's how much they value you. They think you're so fucking good and they think you're so important that they're willing to fucking do anything for you. They'll fucking stand by you. And what is greater fucking fantasy does every man, woman, and child on the planet have? Starting from the time that you're a little kid and you're playing with your fucking toy soldiers and you're playing with your dolls, if you're a chick, if you're a guy and you're playing with your dolls, then it's a whole different show. Well, it's now socially acceptable, they say. Like, oh no, we encourage that behavior. We you know, I was, in the, I was in the toy business for 24 years, and one thing I learned is you could always tell the homo children is because they always played with dolls, like Barbies and Kens, and they would always make their mommies and daddies. And they would go, this is the mommy and the daddy. And if you give them, like, airplo toy airplanes... They go, okay, this is the mommy airplane and this is the daddy airplane. No matter what you did, everything was a mommy and a daddy. So, I was fascinated with those dolls when I was younger. I was already thinking shit up, like, like twist her that way and bend her that way. You were having porno with your... <laughs> porno with uh, the neighbor's <laughs> dolls. Oh, Barbies. <laughs> you and fucking 500 million other American kids. <laughs> So what happens, we got to X ourselves at this juncture. What happens when you have this chronic loneliness? 
you know, if you have like a sore on your toe or on your tongue, sometimes it just gets worse and worse. It just gets inflamed and worse and worse. There's got to be some way to fucking stem, to heal it, to heal the fucking, the boo-boo, <laughs> if I could be technical. And, you know, you put a fucking corn pad on your toe, but what if you got like such an ache, such a desperate fucking ache for another human being, maybe any one particular one, and you become, a, you know, bizarrely obsessed with them, or it may just be for anybody. You're just a lonely person and you wish you could make contact. We see these people every day. They're so overly affectionate and giving and, you know, because they just have this very strong desire to be loved, to have this connection with people because something maybe is missing in them. Maybe, you know, the truth is we learn from a very early age that the way to get shit in life is to scream and cry and kick your feet and eventually somebody sticks a bottle or a tit in your mouth and you think to yourself, hey, this is a good fucking deal. I lay on my back and scream like a banshee and somebody sticks something fucking good in my mouth. <laughs> How great is that? And so we sort of you know, um, are working against that our whole lives. Our natural instinct is to lay on our backs and scream, feed me. And as we grow up and go through life, we have to take on more and more responsibility for our own desires and needs. So it seems um, along the years, many of us have lost that ability. And many of us have, have redirected or misdirected all of that um, energy in getting it uh, ourselves fixed from the outside because maybe we're so fucking desperately broken on the inside that our natural instinct is to reach out to the nearest other person in our clan and say, you know, fucking help me. Everybody I talk to is ready to meet with the light of the morning. Together, where with a few 
Everybody's just waiting to hear from the one who can give them the answers and lead them back to that place in the warmth of the sun where sweet childhood still dances. But who'll come along and hold out that strong but gentle father's hand? Long ago, I heard someone say something about every man. Waiting here for every man, make it on your own. If you think you can, if you see somewhere to go, I understand. I'm not trying to tell you that I've seen the plan. Turn and walk away if you think I am. But don't think too badly of one who's left holding sand. He's just another dreamer, dreaming about every man. Jackson Brown on Jester Radio. Some say that uh, song was written in direct response to the extremely negative kind of music that was out at the time. Specifically, I think the Deja Vu album 
which he kind of thought was uh, very cynical. And uh, I think there he was saying that we, um, you know, may have gone astray here um, with all the problems that we were having in the country with the war and the politicians and the racism. But um, it's not like we can't all the intelligent people get together and um, fix it. And it may be nice to have that dream that uh, somebody, you know, will uh, who'll come along and hold out that strong but gentle father's hand. And the answer is, you know, every man, all of us, you and me, let's fucking do it. And that's the, you know, eternal polarity. That's the struggle of being a human being in a fucking nutshell is you're born with this very strong desire to um, be dependent on others. And you're the truly the definition of your life is how far along you get in being completely independent of others. Uh, you know, in in modern society, you know, it's all about, you know, paying your rent and making your way and uh, supporting, carrying your load, etc. And uh, it's fucking unbelievably daunting. And it scares the shit out of every single one of us. And, you know, deep down inside... You know, we may be managing everything, you know, as well as could be, our money and our lives and our children and our partners. And But deep down inside, we're screaming, Mommy! <laughs> we're screaming for our fucking mommies. Because there ain't no comfort and there ain't no love <clears throat> and there ain't no real feeling of safety as a human without that fucking feeling that somebody else has got your back, that somebody else loves the shit out of you, that somebody else values you and thinks you're a real fucking great, important, uh, you know, person and that uh, you're a big part of their lives. We have this huge craving for that. And that's, uh, you know, although it can make things complicated and certainly has, and you think of all the wars that have been fought over, uh, you know, love lost and love stolen and love gained. But you think of all the little tiny wars that have been fought in each one of us that have ever, you know, sat alone waiting for the phone to ring or throwing stones at a chick's window who wouldn't fucking open the window or sending flowers or... trying to fucking, you know, bullshit your way back in somehow out of the fucking doghouse. It's, for some of us, it's a full-time fucking job to do that. And, you know, um, 
there does seem to be an almost unlimited um, sort of length that, uh, you know, s- some of us will go to <laughs> when, uh, when we're this, you know, when we have this terrible craving, when we're very lonely. But, again, the measure of a person's worth is the dignity with which they handle that uh, loneliness and craving for uh, social contact. Billy Vera and the Beaters. At this moment. What did you think I would do at this moment? When you're standing before me With tears in your eyes Trying to tell me that you Have found you another And you just don't love me no more I would say at this moment When I'm faced with the knowledge That you just don't love me Would you think I would curse you Or say things to hurt you Cause you just don't love me no more Come on, you know me too well How could I hurt you When darling, I love you And you know I've never hurt you Kiss the ground that you walk on If I could just hold you again If I could just hold you
If I could just hold you Again said no would you come home to me and she said hey rambling boy now won't you settle down Boston ain't your kind of town there ain't no gold and there ain't nobody like me I'm the number one fan of the man from Tennessee Come to Denver with the snowfall We'll move up into the mountains So far that we can't be found And throw our love you echoes down the canyon And then lie awake at night Till they come back around Denver she said no boy would you come home to me and she said hey rambling boy why don't you settle down Denver ain't your kind of town there ain't no goal and there ain't nobody like me cause I'm the number one fan of the man from Tennessee Now this drifter's world goes round and round And I doubt that it's ever gonna stop But of all the dreams I've lost or found And all that I ain't got I still need to link to Somebody I can sing to Please come to L.A. to live forever California life alone is just too hard to build. I'll 
Live in a house that looks out over the ocean And there's some stars that fell from the sky Living up on the hill Please come to L.A. She just said no Boy, won't you come home to me And she said Hey, Rambler boy, why don't you settle down L.A. can't be your kind of town There ain't no gold and there ain't nobody like me No, no, I'm the number one fan of the man from Tennessee I'm the number one fan of the man from Tennessee Please come to L.A. to live forever We'll move up into the mountains so far that we can't be found. And live in a house that looks out over the ocean. And there's some stars that fell from the sky. Living up on the ground. Please come to L.A. And she just said, no. You come home to me. She said, rambling boy, why don't you settle down? L.A. ain't your kind of town. There ain't no gold, and there ain't nobody like me, because I'm the number one fan of the man from Tennessee. Now, folks, this is, if you have a chick who says that to you, I'm the number one fan, then you go running home, dude. That's what, you know, people say, no, but what if he's like, you know, living his goal? And that's true, because we all, you know, have different values on different things so but some of us sometimes we get to thinking that our real salvation lies in somebody else somebody else save us rescue us stand by us save our lives give their lives for us or be willing to what's the greatest thing you could say to your bud i got your back i'll take your fucking bullet That's what we all fucking crave, like a motherfucker. And I'll tell you my secret because um, I know there's really, um, you're not going to tell anybody else. And, uh, and that is, and you may be alarmed to hear this, but it's true. And that is I have an anger issue. That's my secret. And, of course, every anger issue, anger issue is just sort of like a generic term. But every anger issue at heart is a something else issue. Anger is what they shrinks call a secondary emotion. It really comes after you feel something else first, like fear or hurt. And then anger comes to protect you. And I got that shit, too. I got to tell you. That's why um, I'm, you know, the way I am. And, you know, if you think of yourself as sort of inside, you have all these different parts, you know. Sometimes you think, well, part of me wants to go to the fucking uh, zoo today, but part of me wants to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. We almost have like a sort of a family of different parts, all with their different duties and responsibilities at keeping you going and protected and so on. 
And I got one of these parts that I think at some point, maybe some very early ancient point in my life, I became sort of very hyper-vigilant to the mood swings of others. I think that uh, I lived with three older brothers, very close in age, and I was sort of the unofficial family punching bag in every way, you know, physically and mentally. And also, we had this nanny who was this 450-pound behemoth, four foot nine, fucking Alabama Southern uh, ignoramus who was raised on a dirt floor shack in fucking rural Alabama. And she was fucking bipolar. And one minute she'd be baking, uh, you know, fried chicken and, and corn fritters and chitlins and black-eyed peas and collard greens. And she was one fucking amazing cook, let me tell you. And the next second she'd be whacking the fuck out of you with a big black leather strap. And it went on every fucking day back and forth like that, you know, for a long time. And uh, I think as a result, I sort of became in a lot of ways like a chihuahua, you know, like a nervous wreck, always like, what was that? Who's there? What's that? And I became very protective and um, very always on the lookout for when people were not liking me. That was sort of the thing I became sensitive to. My radar would go up when I thought somebody was thinking bad thoughts about me. Remember that Twilight Zone episode where everybody said, don't let them think bad thoughts? That's a real good thing you've done. Anthony, that Bill Moomy episode. So once I would sense that somebody was thinking bad thoughts about me, I became like sort of frozen. And I would sort of um, not, not be able to feel good again until that person started liking me again. And it's a kind of crazy thing to have developed, but this is the way I sort of got stuck. And this part of me grew to protect myself and manifested itself so that it was there to protect me when people did that to me, when they turned from, you know, being very nice to me to being very mean to me very quickly. So as a result, now in relationships, you can imagine how this skill comes in quite fucking handy in now as an adult relationships where, you know, I'm supposed to be responsible for my own feelings. And sometimes somebody will say something to hurt me and I'll just fucking look at them and say, hey, you take that back. And, you know, they'll say, no, honey, um, I, you know, I have bad feelings for you sometimes. Sometimes I have very good feelings towards you, but right now I'm upset at you and I need to be heard. And I'll fucking say, and you fucking take that shit back too. I don't want to hear that shit. What the fuck is that? And I'll get very stuck because until that person says the magic words, oh, I like you, you're good, I misspoke, I didn't mean what I said, then I can't fucking move forward. I need to see that trigger where they just turn back to being the nice guy. And until that happens, I got this other guy in, in front protecting me, stubborn as a fucking mule. You take it fucking back. No, I'm not going to fucking take it back. You're going to fucking hear me out and you're going to be an adult. 
Take that shit back, too. And it gets um, very tedious because until that part of me um, can, you know, safely recede back to its corner, then I'm pretty much stuck being a complete and utter asshole to the person that I'm engaged with in this process. And it's excruciating for both of us, let me tell you. The other one, the other person especially, so... And, you know, you can imagine that uh, throughout all these years with this uh, relationship I've had with the Jeff, she's basically, you know, suffered from it the most. And, you know, she sort of has taken the position now, um, and we've talked about this for years, you know, that it's basically like a Larry Talbot, you know, situation where here's this perfectly innocent, you know, normal guy who the moon comes out and he was bitten by a fucking uh, werewolf and every time, the you know, saving somebody else and uh, every time the moon comes out, he just changes over and there's nothing he could fucking do about it. He's got a monster inside himself that goes off like a ticking time bomb and he hates it. He hates himself for it. Everybody else hates it around him. And he's just fucking doomed. He's just fucking doomed. There's no, there's, you know, there's no fixing it. There's no getting out of it. Of course, in the end, ultimately, he gets out of it, but, you know, the, you know, the worst way possible. So maybe there's some fucking, still, a, you know, a tiny bit of hope for me that I can wrangle out of Larry Talbot's fate. And uh, somehow recover from all that programming so that I can function in the real world. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. I've got nothing on my mind. Nothing to remember, nothing to forget. And I've got nothing to regret. But I'm all tied up on the inside. And no one knows quite what I've got and I know that on the outside what I used to be I'm not anymore don't touch that dial Don McLean on Jester Radio I've got nothing on my mind nothing to remember nothing to forget got nothing to regret But I'm all tied up on the inside and No one knows quite what I've got And I know that on the outside What I used to be I'm not anymore people like me But I never made the connection They walk one road to set them free And find they've gone the wrong direction But there's no 
turning back Cause all roads lead to where I stand And I believe I'll walk them all No matter what I may have planned Can you remember who I was? Can you still feel it? people like me but I never made the connection they walk one road to set them free then find they've gone the wrong direction but there's no need for turning back because all roads lead to where we stand and I believe we'll walk them all no matter what we may have planned can you remember who I was can you still feel it? Can you find my pain? Can you heal it? Then lay your hands upon me now and cast this darkness from my soul. You alone can light my way. You alone can make me whole. Once again, Don McLean on Jester Radio. Who hasn't felt that way about somebody? And I'll tell you, my other secret is that for, you know, 30-something years, for me, that's been the Jeff. Almost since the very first second I saw her in, uh, you know, on a class trip to Manhattan when we were, you know, 13 years old. Um and I fucking said to myself, holy shit, man, that's my fucking ideal perfect chick. My fucking soulmate. I just made an instant electric connection. And ever since then, you know, and next time she showed up was in the fucking program. And what are the fucking odds of that? You know, I'm a big fan of coincidence. And from then on, you know, we've uh, 
been very close in one way or another, except for this little gap of like 21 years or 23 years, in which time, you know, she had basically written me off, you know, and said like, you know, <clears throat> oh, yeah, you know, the jester, that was a shame. Too bad that didn't work out. And, you know, she went about her fucking life. And uh, in the meanwhile, I was basically living my life and thinking about her, you know, every fucking day. And I, you know, was had all this, uh, you know, darkness in my soul, as Don McLean said. And in my mind, I was thinking, you alone can light my way. You alone can make me whole once again. We walked both sides of every street through all kinds of windy weather, but that was never our defeat as long as we could walk together. And that's what I thought. We were always a great team together. We were great buds when we were kids. We, you know, always uh, worked at the same uh, store when we were young adults and we went off to college in the same fucking town and lived together and um, we stuck it out a long fucking time trying to make it work between the two of us until it really broke down because of this aforementioned, you know, anger problem, issue problem, inability to um, interact with others in a, you know, in an adult way. And uh, it's been a, a long and strange journey from, you know, the, the, you know, the time, you know, cocking my ear like a deer, seeing if Bessie was in a good fucking mood up to now, and I'm basically the same guy I was when I was five years old looking around like who doesn't fucking like me now and when they don't just not hearing anything they say until they finally say all right i like you stop it i i, <laughs> I give up it's a full-time job elton john on just the radio there's always that fantasy someone will come along and save you from your worst mistake. This guy saved him from the altar. Leave it where it is, I'm just ready. When I think of those east end lights, muggy nights, the curtains drawn in the little room downstairs. Prima Donna Lord, you really should have been there. Sitting like a princess perched in her electric chair And this one more beer and I don't Almost had your hooks in me. 
you can dance Every dance with the guy who gives you the eye Let him hold you tight You can smile Every smile for the man who held your hand Beneath the pale moonlight But don't forget who's taking you home And in whose arms you're gonna be So darling Save the last dance for me mm. Oh, I know That the music's yes, fine Like sparkly wine oh, Go and have your fun yes, oh, Laugh and sing yes, But while we're apart oh, Don't give your yes, heart to anyone Because oh, yes, don't forget who's taking you home And in whose arms you're gonna be So darling, save the last dance for me mm. Baby, don't you know I love the soul Can't you feel it when we touch I will never, never let you go I love you all so much You can dance, you can dance. go and carry it on Till the night is you gone and it's time you to go If he asks, if you're all alone, can I take you home? You must tell him no. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, sing the last dance for me. Baby, don't you know I love you so? Can't you feel it when we touch? I will never, never let you go I love you all so much But don't forget who's taking you home And in whose arms you're gonna be So darling, sing the last dance for me Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet Eating a curds and whey One came a spidey, sat down beside He said, hey, what's in the bowl, bitch? Oh! Jack and Jill went up the hill Both with a buck and a quarter Jill came down with two fifty That uh, fucking whore. <laughs> Little boy blue. He needed the money. Was an old lady lived in a shoe. She had so many kids, a uterus fell out. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack burnt off his fucking dick. Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her old dog a bone. She bent over, Rover took over. Oh! She got a bone of her own. 
Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Trim that pussy, it's so damn hairy. Oh! All right, I see you've been doing your homework. But you see, that's where I keep going. I'm not happy just giving you the old shit. So I put together a few more. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had a wife, loved to beat her. Smacked her twice across the head, fucked the race, and went to bed. Little Bo Peep fucked the sheep, blew a horse, licked his feet, she ate his ass so very nice, tongued his balls not once but twice. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb she kept in her backyard. When she took her panties off, his woolly dick got hard. Hickory dickory dock, some chick was sucking my cock. The clock struck two, I dropped my goo, I dumped the bitch on the next block. End of story. Yeah, good old Mother Goose, remember her? I fucked her. I didn't have no fucking choice. Two tits, a hoe, and a heartbeat. That's all it takes for me. I hate when you see a chick. Hey, she's got a great personality. Yeah. But does she suck a good dick? My friend Joey's got a good personality too. But I don't want him to blow me. Melinda was mine till the time that I found her Holding Jim and loving him When Sue came along, loved me strong That's what I thought Yeah, me and Sue That died too Time thing, paper ring. I know it's been done having one girl who loves you. Right or wrong, weak or strong.
Neil Diamond on Jester Radio. Melinda was mine till the time that I found her holding Jim and loving him. And Sue came along, love me strong. That's what I thought. Yeah, me and Sue, that died too. Don't know that I will. But until I can find me a girl who'll stay and won't play games behind me, I'll be what I am, a solitary man. And isn't that the struggle? We always say when we're hurt and when we really need somebody, we say, well, I'll just be on my own. I'll just live on my own. I'll just fucking be a solitary man or woman. And I won't rely on anybody but myself. And we go to the other extreme because we're all fucking hurt and wounded. And that, of course, won't do either. Can't live alone. Because that goes against your instinct to be with other people. So we're constantly waffling back and forth between, you know, being codependent, too dependent, and too independent. And maybe the definition of growing up is to find some kind of balance there, to find some way to comfort yourself and be your own parent and be your own bud and be your own, uh, you know... Uh, mom and dad and partner and be able to comfort yourself and make yourself feel good and make yourself feel proud and make you give yourself value instead of looking for that in somebody else. And then maybe when you get that going, then you could just uh, bring that into the relationship with somebody else because you got to have one of those. They say good relationship is 50-50, but that's bullshit. A good relationship is 100-100. Both people bring in 100% of their real, true, best selves to the fucking game. And when either one of them is, you know, just, uh, you know, pro projecting the whole fucking, uh, you know, their whole, uh, you know, childhood on the rest of the world then uh, you're not going to have 100% to bring to the game. And you know, the relationship thing can't live without it. Folks always joke, can't live with it, can't live without it, but we got to figure out a way to live with it. And probably the best way is probably the best way to do everything is to, you know, be the best motherfucker you can. Give yourself everything you need. Make yourself uh, your own best friend and make yourself your own fucking mother and father and, but, and best bud. And, you know, it's a lot fucking harder than it sounds. And, uh, you know, but it's simple. It's easy shit to do. Do the hard things that you know are right and be good to yourself think about all those fucking things you know you wish other people would say to you and say them to your fucking self you're a good guy you did this you fucking struggled you're you're working like a motherfucker you're a decent human being you care about other people there are other people that care about you that consider you of high value in their lives 
You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Our conversation was short and sweet. Nearly swept me off my feet, and I'm back in the rain. And you are on dry land. You made it there somehow. You're a big girl now. The Jester himself on Jester Radio.
best friend if he put her down. When a man loves a woman, although women have been known to do some equally wacky shit when they love a man. Don't get me wrong. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. Percy Sledge. Bob Dylan, before that, you're a big girl now. Uh, you're listening to the ravings of a clown this uh, Tuesday, March the 20-something. 21st, looks like. Year of Our Lord, 2006. We've been talking all evening about this strange dichotomy that we have built into us, this need, of course, requirement in order to be happy, to be independent and strong and free of uh, the bonds of, uh, you know, relationships. But on the other hand, we need relationships. We're drawn to them. They're instinctive. We cannot survive alone. Look around the shit in your fucking house and think if you even know anybody that built any of the shit that you own. Your computer, your fucking furniture, your kitchen utensils. We couldn't survive without each other. We're all one big fucking working unit. And yet, if we're too dependent on each other, we can't be happy. Because no other person can give you all the shit that you need. Kahil Gibran said, You were born together, and together you shall be forevermore. You shall be together when the wings of death scatter your days. Aye, you shall be together even in the silent memory of God. But let there be spaces in your togetherness, and let the winds in the heavens dance between you. Love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your souls. Fill each other's cup, but drink not from one cup. Give one another of your bread, but eat not from the same loaf. Sing and dance together, and be joyous, but let not each one of you be alone. Even as the strings of a lute are alone, though they quiver with the same music, give your hearts but not into each other's keeping. For only the hand of life can contain your hearts. Stand together, yet not too near together. For the pillars of the temple stand apart, and the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow. And maybe that's the secret. Grow not in each other's shadow. Make not a bond of love. Love shouldn't be something that's tied up in a knot and written on a contract and a piece of paper and stamped and approved by certified public accountants and notary publics and judges and rabbis and priests. It should be something you do actively every day with the one you love. And it's not something we should take for granted. And we should each and every one of us bring not 50% to the deal, but 100%. And not, you know, make these relationships of ours into, 
you know, uh, some kind of contract or some kind of obligation or some kind of job, but, you know, rather make it this amazing, uh, enriching addition to your, to your life. Think about all the folks in your life that have been so important to you. And think about uh, the folks that were there when you needed a friend. <clears throat> she was a friend to me when I needed one. Wasn't for her. I don't know what I ever done. She gave me back something that was missing in me. She could have turned out to be almost anyone, almost anyone, with the possible exception of what I wanted her to be. She was a friend to me when I needed one. Wasn't for her, I don't know what I'd have done. She gave me back something that was missing in me. Could have turned out to be almost anyone Almost anyone With the possible exception Of who I wanted her to be Running in circles be 
See the activists who march and cry How they cry, singing Why must we desecrate this land? I'll tell you why Because we can, that's why Save the whales, save the seals Save the eagle, save the bison and the beach Why not save your breath? Save the porpoise, save the dolphin, save the gerbil, save the raccoon and the rat. Why not save some stamps? I am a human, I'm a goddamn human being. I walk erect. See the cheetah, oh so silent, leaning quick as he chases a gazelle. But he can't drive a car At least not very far I am a human I'm a goddamn human being I can pay for sex Hey, there's a great show on the Discovery Channel tonight The History of the Badger Hmm, I wonder what badger tastes like I don't know, probably tastes like ferret Wow, you got fur? Yeah, what's it taste like? Chicken. I am a human. I'm a goddamn human being. I can wipe my ass. What gives mankind the right to kill at will? I'll tell you what. Guns. Big fucking guns with giant fucking bullets, pal. I am a human. I'm a goddamn human being I can shave my balls Where are those cheeseburgers we ordered, man? Huh? Goodbye, Mother T. From the real... And it seems to me you live your life like a Gandhi in the wind, never knowing who to cling to when Ben Kingsley walked in. 
And I would bring him to a lady to the This is great, Bernie. This is better than uh, the princess back then. radio there's one solution roam from town to town go through life without a care happy as a clown flow on my left and mary on my right and janie is the girl that i'll be with tonight and when they ask me which one i love the best i'll tear open my shirt and show a rosie on my chest because i'm a wanderer baby i roam around never get tied down to one chick Dennis Leary, before that, save this. I think that that pretty much sums it up. I am a human. I am a goddamn human being. I walk erect. 
See the cheetah oh so supple, lean and quick as he chases a gazelle, but he can't drive a car, at least not very far. I am a human being. I'm a goddamn human being. I could pay for sex. Jackson Brown, before that, that girl could sing. You've been listening to the ravings of a clown this Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, March the 21st, the year of our Lord, 2006. And we spent the night talking about what to do about this constant struggle we have between wanting to have others in our lives fix all our problems and give us this constant feeling of warmth and love and safety and the need to provide your own safety. And then instead of go into a relationship, you know, as a taker, go into it as a giver. And maybe it all starts with checking in with all your internal parts and see which ones are in charge. Are the ones in charge the ones that are evaluating the situation as it stands now or the ones in charge, some one stale old fucking tape recordings you got playing over in your head from some shit that happened to you that you know may have been very difficult and traumatic, but it's no longer happening. And you're missing out. I believe that the uh, children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride and make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. Please be remember, uh, remember to be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always, always do your best. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, Houston. Good night. We'll see you tomorrow.
That's bad, she'll play. 